Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello there. My name is Miles Jupp, cricket fan. And together with my co-host, Mark Wood, actual cricket man, we invite you to listen to Middle Please Umpire, a new cricket podcast containing the two of us banging on and sounding off together about cricket and quite possibly all manner of other things while lifting the lid on Mark's life as an international cricketer. And as if that wasn't enough, we shall be welcoming some great guests along the way and chatting to them about life on and off the playing field as they spill the beans, drop some truth bombs and see if they can withstand the scrutiny of our brutal interrogations. Middle Please Umpire is available right now from all your favourite podcast providers. Hello, and welcome to Stop Hammer Time. And it's an uncharacteristically losing stop hammer time that we've got this week, uh, having uh, been beaten somewhat unfairly by Manchester United at the weekend. Uh, here to talk about that this week are, as always, Jim Grant. Good Hello, evening. Jim. Oh, yeah. Everything all right over there? Yes, very good. In your new house? In my new house. In yes. your new in house. My, in my new man den, cave, whatever you want to call it. Man den cave, yes, yeah. I think that's what yeah. they call it. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> what what characterises that room of the house? Well, it's, 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 it's an outbuilding, so I've been banished. That's the first, oh. that's the first thing. It's a, bit, it's a bit more than a shed, though. It's, it's, a, it's a, you know, it's got all mods, cons. It will nice. all mod cons when I'm finished. Yeah. And that is a place for you to go and be yourself. But yeah, be myself. Yeah, express myself. I notice you're naked. I notice you're naked, Jim. Uh, <laughs> well, so. I'd still be myself. But... Right, yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's very much yourself. Yeah. Uh, also joining us this week, uh, it's uh, greatest legal mind I think we've ever had on the podcast. His incisive uh, uh, legal mind is uh, something, uh, something to be admired. It is, of course, Russell Raphael. Hello, Russell. Hello. I didn't, I didn't I had no idea you were talking about me. But um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good evening. Happy to be here. That's right. It's because Simon Pentel's not here that we can say all those things. Essentially, <laughs> we play you, we play you off against each other uh, by separate uh, divide I, I, and rule. I, I think he's he's calling. He's on yes. the phone as we speak. <laughs> he probably he probably will be. He'll probably your call honor. in to the podcast. Challenge your honor. Yes. Point of information. Mm. Um, so, how's lockdown for you, Russell? 
Uh, it's been, you know, slightly weird. Um, uh, day job, carrying on day job, so still lawyering. Bizarrely, I'll get I'll get in a plug for a relatively new interest. I've been presenting lecture online lectures on James Joyce's book Ulysses. So if any of yeah, if any of your millions and millions of listeners want to know more about that book, they should contact me. It's English, been lots of fun. English teacher Jim Grant, have you read Ulysses? Yes, uh, tw- twice, actually. Oh. Yeah. Uh, one straight after the other, just go, went straight back to the... <laughs> no, you no, bin- no. You one... binge read it like a Netflix <laughs> series. Yeah, I suppose so. Once at university and then, and then, one, and then later. Like, well, you could be it. guest lecturer. Uh, I'll be I, well, mm. I, Okay, that's uh, been lots of fun. I, I haven't read uh, Finnegan's Wake, though. I couldn't get through it. I couldn't manage oh, it. Well, you need to be in the right frame of mind yeah. for that and on lots of heavy drugs. Yeah. Right. Is that how it was written? Yeah. Well, it was written it comes as, across. A, as a dream. You know, it's written as a dream. It has no beginning mm. and end. It's just circular. And um, it's uh, and I can't say I've got all the way through it, but I am working my way through it. It's great. Oh, yeah. Respect. Yeah. Splendid. Also joining us this week, uh, it's a very old friend of the podcast. It is, of course, Don the Don Peretta. Now, Good Don, evening. Don Good you evening. are uh, characteristically for your for your name, uh, the Don. You are currently in Italy, speaking to us. <laughs> this is indeed correct. I'm in this, the deep south. This is fantastic. The deep south of Italy, in in um, uh, your your Italian your Italian bolt hole. That's correct. Um, and how Would are things over Puglia? there? Anywhere near Puglia? Puglia, yes. Not not far from Brindisi or Bari airports. So, ah, okay. I was there a few. A lovely part of the world. Yeah. How could you tell that just by Don's Skype background, Don? It's, it's just a wall. <laughs> <laughs> there was a Puglia feel to that wall. Arched ceiling. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's not go there. Um, yes, no, life down here is, shall we say, a little bit more simple than it is in the, in the metro, metropolitan environment of London. But I've still managed to find some West Ham fans, so hurrah. Excellent. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Well done. Yeah, well done. Um, see the game? I did. It was unfortunately tinged with a, a little bit of tragedy as a, a good friend of mine down here passed away just before kickoff of a heart attack, age 42, Francesco. The connection is slight, but he lived in the East End of London for about 10 years. Wasn't a West Ham fan, but had a sympathy for the community and the club. So um, I wish him well and rest in peace, Francesco. Yeah. I'd like to dedicate this show to him if we could. Absolutely. To Francesco, 42. Holy smoke. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Young. That is a proper tragedy, that one. Yeah, that's no good. Jesus. Uh, 42, blimey. Um, well, well. Uh, I watched uh, I watched it sporadically. I was, in fact, in a pub, in a uh, small bubble, but uh, with um, with a friend who was not all that interested. So I saw it in fits and starts. Um, what do we What do we all make of it, uh, Don? What did you make of it? I thought we murdered him for an hour, and then we got mm. murdered again. Pretty much is my summation. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, from what I saw, um, uh, we were bossing that first half, absolutely bossing it. Every time I looked up at the screen, we were uh, on the attack. It just looked um, relentless, but we were also... Bowen just destroyed that defence for every time he touched the ball. I thought Bowen looked fantastic. Uh, Jim, what did you think? Yeah, I thought he was outstanding in that first half. And I think Don's right. It wasn't really a game of two halves. It was a game of an hour and a half an hour. Um, 
and we paid the price for not um, taking chances and and turning domination into into goals. Um, yeah, you know we had we had the opportunities to do it. Um, uh, for Nails, one else was unlucky with the one that hit the post because uh, yep. that was a neat little nutmeg attempted toe poke finish. Um, but he should have done better with his header. Um, Alla was had that kind of comedy, you know, Carlton Cole esque kind of kind of miss. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Actually, uh, I read a little uh, a match report uh, um, that that covered that. Um, I'll just read it to you. Uh, it says, in what was for the most part a tightly contested game, there were numerous standout performances. Bruno Fernandes, Paul Pogba, Gerald Bowen, to name a few. But for his last ditch tackle on Sebastian Allaire to prevent a West Ham goal and set up a Manchester United win, man of the match went to Sebastian Allaire. It was a match-winning tackle, said a fired-up Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Seb is a warrior. He puts his body on the line and he'll throw himself in front of everything. He does it in training all the time, said Declan Rice. It helped that he's familiar with how he plays. He could show himself the outside, then win the ball off himself cleanly. Seb may not be the quickest or the most skillful. It was pure instinct, said Allaire. The keeper was nowhere. There was the whole goal to aim for. I knew I couldn't mistime it, but I had to commit. I'll certainly be watching match of the day tonight. Um, so it's quite a, yeah, quite, a, quite a sort of key moment. Russell, what did you make of it all? Well, I'm trying to get over that Pulitzer Prize moment that we've just heard, which I'm sure that will be up for an award. No, it was an incredibly frustrating um, frustrating game. We should have killed them off at half-time. And I do wonder if it was slightly in our heads then, because of the way Man United, their away record this form, where they've been losing every game and storming the second half, we almost knew what was coming. Um, yeah, well, that changed helped, help, didn't they? The finishing was just not you know, not good enough. We don't have a clinical finisher. I'm not even sure as brilliant as um, Antonio has been. He's not a natural goal scorer either. And um, look, we can't complain. We're in the right half of the division. We could have gone third, which would have been bizarre. Um, So, all right, one, one off game, but the defense, they got through us so easily in the second half. And for us, I'm not sure... They brought on two two class players. Well, one in particular in Fernandez, who, who who made a massive difference. But they didn't initially. I mean, that that as Don as Don said, you know, it was an hour. The first fifteen minutes, even though they made the substitutions at half time, the first fifteen minutes of the second half, it was business as usual. We 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 dominated that period of play as well. The goal turned the game, and once again, we were let down by dismal officiating. Officiating. Yeah. Um, you know, it was so obvious from the flight of that ball; it had, it had gone. It was not. It wasn't close, was it? It was well out of play. No, well, you the saw the graphic on Match head. of the Day, did you? It was oh, about... I didn't see. I didn't watch Match of the Day, but um... right. So Match of the Day did use the technology that VAR, that Sky didn't claim to have, and it showed it was about three feet over the line. Yeah, yeah, no, it was nowhere well, near. Anybody in, in, you know, literally went over Moise's head, didn't it? it yeah, did. yeah, absolutely, yeah. it did. Um, so that was a disgrace, really. Uh, um, and actually, and up to that point, it was a goal out of nothing, wasn't it? They yeah. they weren't in that game at all. And I think the goal turned the game. And um, their um, their third goal was, to, to be fair to that, you know, was 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 a thing of beauty. I mean, it was a brilliant goal. And you, you, you are going to concede goals like that because that's good quality players doing great things. You can't, you know. Yeah. Um, 
Um, it's not so as if our centre backs were too far apart or anything. No, they were no, sort of in touch with each other. It was just perfect. I do. I was. Sometimes you just have to put your hand up, don't yeah, you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that's fair enough. But you, but not. You know, it should have been. <laughs> Um, it, at Maybe 60 one minutes, still one nil, and and yeah. who knows? We we might have gone on in, in that period of dominance that we were in to get to get a second. Um, but it, it wasn't yeah. just the finishing, um, Russell. I don't think it's it's also that that incisive decision making that's lacking in the final third. And I've been saying this week after week. It, it was apparent against you know uh, uh, Fulham, Sheffield United, and Villa as, as well. You know, poor crossing, poor choices being made. Just you know, the build-up plays excellent. Some of the movement is 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 good, um, but um, you know, and it's it's difficult. It's difficult. You feel as though it's the kind of the difference that Ben Rama can make is that yeah. final ball. Yeah, um, but it's how to get him in, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, I mean, f- for me, the the kind of low-hanging fruit would possibly be four nows. Yeah. Um, and uh, Ben Rama, Bowen, and Antonio or Alair um, would possibly be the more the sort of preferable uh, lineup. You know, I think Bowen, Bowen's just hustle and work rate make him indispensable. I think. I think even when he's, you know, people have, you know, posited the idea that he's had some bad games recently, sort of on social media. But I, mm. I haven't seen him. Um, less than really busy all game and setting up a, a high tempo all game. And I think that really helps. Don, what do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Thing is, it's got to be, we've played poorly three out of the last four games, haven't we really? Yeah. The last game, our best performance for ages. And we've kind of had the same 11 barring a couple of injuries for the whole thing. Clearly, that same eleven can't perform to the, the level consistently as we've seen. So I think it is time to shuffle the pack a little bit. I think the second goal, Fabianski could have done better. I think someone like De Gea could, would have just stopped it with his foot. He tried to dive and save it with his hand. He could have stopped it, I'm not saying easily, but I think had more of a chance to save the second goal with his foot. Don't want to blame him entirely, but I think that was a poor decision on his part. So, so we could argue that two of those goals shouldn't really have happened, and the last one should have done. In terms of our lineup, I think those sorts of games where you need someone to play an important long pass, I think Mark Noble is underrated for that capacity, and maybe there's a place for him somewhere. Not for not for ninety minutes, sure, maybe, but for maybe sixty or a half. You know, we have more guile on that bench than we give credit for. I think. And I think it is time to shuffle that pack and, and, and you know, here's a 14-man game. We can change if it's not working. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you can see Moise's point of view. We've sort of said week after week that he's still really playing the 11 players that stopped us going down last season, you know. Um, uh, and so he's got a lot of faith in that 11. But, um, you know, it's just the sheer, you know, the sheer physical toil of... Uh, of um of uh, you know a full season, he's got to start bringing some new players in. You know, because we saw some. I think it was a sort of it was either the last game or the previous game, the one after the international break, that we said that we felt there were one or two players that looked a little bit tired, possibly mm-hmm. Suchek and Rice. Yeah, you know. Well, we have we have looked a little jaded in the in the three games that we've just seen. Um, Moyes is determined, evidently, not to break up a winning team. So, uh, and you can't criticise him for that. But now he's got that opportunity. 
Noble's interesting, but I don't think he'd be right for the Leeds game. I think Leeds have too much energy and pace in in pretty much all over the park. Uh, I think he, um, I I thought absolutely he was the right sub when he came on the other day. I don't think I'd start him against Leeds, but he's got a, he's got a role to play. Um, I have been a little surprised at how well Balbuena has played. I think his positional sense has been fantastic, but we know he hasn't got the pace. And again, I, I've seen him. He's been caught out a couple of times. His distribution, he always tries the same predictable lofted pass. Um, I'm, maybe it's time to mess with that. Only maybe because the, the back three have performed really well. <coughs> Definitely keep Creswell um, and old Bonner there. Um, uh, Bowen, he, yeah, you can't not like him because he's so energetic and busy and always at it. Um, but is he a tad predictable? When he gets the ball on his right foot, he's quite selfish. And I like, I don't do, I don't knock him for being selfish in that position, but it's quite often brought back and a, and a shot on his left foot where there's sometimes a pass on. So it's only a minor criticism. I definitely would keep him in the team. I think it is probably four nows for um, uh, Ben Rama, um, but as, as well as four nows generally has done. We're lucky, you know, as you say, we've got we've got some good ammo on the bench, and it, maybe it's time to start mixing it up. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Um, little, yes. well, if we're missing beef in the midfield, um, um, I think maybe Diop might could probably get a run. He's got a bit of height, a bit of speed. What do you think to that idea? It's certainly you know good. It would be good to sort of give him some game time and include him because he, you know, when he first came for us, he was sensational, I thought. You know, oh, yeah. really was. Made such an impact when he first came into the team. And, and um, you know, those three, Ogbonna, uh, Balbuena and Diop, have sort of been rotated over the last kind of couple of years, really, haven't they? Um, there was a time when Diop lost form, Balbuena came in and looked great. And um, again, a time when Balbuena lost form, both of them slightly mysteriously, you know, suddenly these drop-offs in sort of form, which is why you have a squad. And, and I mean, we've got three really classy central defenders. Um, I mean, one way he could get, <clears throat> possibly get um, Ben Rama into the tonight, is to go to a back four. Um, and then you possibly do want Diop in there for the because you know you're gonna you, you need that extra pace possibly at centre back with 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 only two. Um, yeah. but that's a worry that is, in which case then sort of it's Arthur who's who's going to make way, isn't it? Um, presumably yeah. Cresswell staying at left back, but then you know that makes us possibly less dynamic on the left hand side. It's it, it's um it's a conundrum. Um, but I think he might. I think he might go. I think ideally he would like to play with a back four. Moyes, his his teams traditionally have done. Um, it's it's the it's a back three out of necessity as much as anything else, isn't it? Out of you know, finding yeah. served us served us so well. It, it? Has. Uh, it has really well. And a lot of clubs are doing it now, aren't they? That back three seems to be in the last few kind of match of the days I've watched. It looks like quite a lot of teams are doing that back three type thing now. And uh, you know, when there's that idea that you have to, in some ways, match what the other side's doing. Yeah. Um, uh, it feels like you know we might slightly be painted into that corner, even though it's been really good for us. Don, you uh, you had something to say, um, I think, about the match of the day reporting of the the BBC's. 
I did, and I have written to the head of sport of the BBC. I, I, wait, I await a reply. But um, I found it a little thin in analysis after the game. Anyone who watched it will have seen that our first half murdering of uh, Man U was virtually ignored. We got five seconds of Tim Kale saying, you've got to give credit to West Ham in the first half. That's rubbish Australian accent. Uh, and then... No, Don, it was excellent. Thank you. The whole of the rest of the analysis, apart from the ball crossing the throw-in line for about 20 seconds, which they kind of shrugged their shoulders at, the whole of the rest of the analysis was all about Man United and how brilliant a tactical move or going to social. And it was just so, you know, unbalanced, shall we say, analysis of that of that game that I usually fairly taciturn person, but I kind of got a little bit upset about it and decided that it should be mentioned. And I have now. <clears throat> I mean, I think... Yeah, I think, I mean, Jim, I think you've, you've, I've heard you say on many occasions over the last, you know, since, since um, the advent of the Premier League is that a lot of the kind of the regular talking heads that are pundits on football commentary know surprisingly little about, yes. you know, a roughly 14 teams in the division. They sort of know about six teams. Um, you know, they, they, you know, and it's not hard to, you know, there was a documentary about John Motson um, uh, once that had him, you know, he, he had memorised the shirt numbers and the names of all the players in the game he was watching that day. He knew what all the substitutes were. He did his homework for every game he went and sort of reported on. And you sense that, like, the, you know, uh, often for a match day commentator, that's, that's kind of something they have to do. But for, you know, pundits should have that level, you know, it is their job, the ones that, like, Genus and Alan Shearer, who are on all the time. Uh-huh. It's now their job, and they should... They should know a little bit it's, about it's, sort of Burnley's central defence as much as they should about Liverpool's central defence and it, Man U's central defence. Yeah, it's always been a problem with the BBC, hasn't it? They're, they're, they're playing to an audience of armchair fans who are only really, they believe anyway, I don't know if they do market research on it, but they believe their audience is primarily interested in the big the big clubs only. Um, and they have never taken that that interest. It was one of the re- kind of refreshing things about Sky when it started in the 90s covering the Premier League. Uh, uh, Andy Gray, unsavoury individual though he is, um, really did know his stuff about and did give credit to players from, you know, those mid-table teams. And, and, and there was a balance. I mean, when you've got Gary Neville as the sort of uh, co-commentator on, on Sky, he's he's just going to focus on how bad Man United are, are and they were wretched, you know, um, in that first half. Uh, and that's always going to be the narrative when you play a team. When you play well against a team like that, you're, never, you're rarely going to get the credit for, for playing. The story is always going to be about their deficiencies, yeah. their weaknesses, their I think it's a fact it? of life. It's yeah. a, it, it's the way it's the way it is, and to play devil's advocate a second here, you know when I am, if if Burnley were beating Liverpool, probably my interest would be more about Liverpool doing bad as an as an armchair fan in that in that circumstance. Mm. We are where we you know it, match of the day in their one hour highlights, their story is how rubbish are Man U, not how good West Ham. That is that it's life. As yeah. as it is, uh, sad sad to say. Yeah, I mean, I accept that. But as a, a former producer of football over many years, one would hope for a touch more objectivity than we yeah. saw tonight. That's all. As yeah. I said, I didn't see it, but it did sound particularly bad, Don. 
So all, all power to your elbow or your, your whatever. Let's return to this after this message. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. I, I think that, the, you know, in, in the same way that kind of the, the England management doesn't necessarily focus so much on players from the, the top six since Gareth Southgate took over. I just I think that they're just, you know, there could be just a new approach to football punditry and stuff. You know, just um, it feels like the fresh, you know, the, the, the fresh new faces are really just like the old faces. You know, um, I, don't, I don't see anyone sort of coming in with a sort of interesting perspective and there's you know that there, there, there should be something kind of fairly original you should be able to say about a game of football sometimes you know they are quite do predictable affairs and there isn't a great deal to say about them you know but that's you know that's kind of their job is to sort of make it come alive a bit you know and three or four weeks ago one wondered whether this season might be, because it's such a weird season anyway, maybe someone or a couple of teams from the middle reaches were going to make the top of the league look a little different. But mm. now, you know, it, Man City are back up there, Man U are back up there, Tottenham worryingly are back up there, and it's taken on a more traditional feel. Everton are where they should be. We are back down there. Southampton are still putting up a bit of a fight. There's Leicester in there. But generally speaking, it'll be about the traditional top six. Whereas I'd, I'd hoped <laughs> that it, it's, it was a season that maybe, gosh, you know, even Villa were looking well, like they got I, upset a few. I think Villa are the best team I've watched this season. I thought they were outstanding against us. Yeah. Um, uh, don't forget they put seven past Liverpool. So... Um, and I'm worried about uh, Friday. Uh, uh, yes, I mean they—they're they're, that is to say they're all energy, aren't they, Leeds? And 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 we so it probably isn't the right time to make those changes because we've got to we've got to match them physically as I think we're yeah. capable of doing with with your Fornals and your Bowens and Sucheks and Rices and so on. So um, I think I think he, I don't think he will experiment. With, with the Leeds game. But I think, uh, in principle, Don, I think you're right. I think he's got to find a way of rotating because the, 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 once we're starting to play midweek fixtures over the New Year, Christmas, New Year period, we're going we're gonna to run out of legs very quickly if he doesn't. Yeah, and too much pressure on a returning Antonio, I think. Um, yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, Hannah, apart from his horror miss didn't have a bad game particularly first half i thought he put himself about um uh, more um was a, was was a uh, good in the air um 
you know, I, I, his link-up play was good. I thought, you know, he's got good feet for a for a big lad. He's not a bad footballer, but he's not. you know, he's not. it's just not going right for him. And he and, and the confidence isn't there in front of goal, really, is it? It's, I'm in his camp. I'm in his camp, but I wouldn't say he had, he had the sort. He had the, the he did the minimum that was required. I would say his hold-up play was pretty good. He laid it off quite nicely. But goodness me, we paid 45 million quid for him. If you can't yeah. do that, oh, that basic stuff well, yeah. Yeah. what True. are we about? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, you know, it, it, it said it all, really, his, his sort of self-fouling fall, you know, when he's, he's sort of rounded the keeper and there's an empty net, you know. He had a little bit to do, but that would not be a lot to do for Jamie Vardy, who would just stick it in the net without him, or Danny Ings yeah, sticking yeah, it, you know. Yeah. Most kind of competent, high-functioning footballers would have had that ball in the net. Um, my theory is he is just like, he's like the rich man's Carlton Cole. Uh, he, uh, like the goal he scored against Sheffield United when he had no, he had no time to think about what he was going to do. Just like, oh, here's a ball. I'll just smack it towards the goal. Cole scored a few screamers like that. But we always worried, didn't we, when Carlton Cole had any time to think about what he was going to do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, everything yeah. just used to could have fall apart, didn't it? So and it true. looked very similar, really. Where I have some hope is that for many years I've been saying the same thing about Antonio. Yet he seems to have been trained into being a better striker. He seems to have learned it. And well, he's learned so, how to be a striker because he was a winger. You know, he was a winger when we got him. Yeah. I think it's a combination of desire and training. He's he's definitely worked hard, no question about that. Must have yeah. done. So yeah. there must be people at the club he's got, he's capable got of instilling that. Well. He, and yeah, so you think got, Heller. Yeah, but Heller yeah, just yeah. doesn't have Antonio's pace. And in that, that, that Premier League, I mean, you know, the one thing Antonio's got is is absolute afterburners of pace when he needs it, isn't he? And it makes a massive difference. It is a kind of natural start point that that gives you an advantage mm. over a lot of um, central defenders. The way I mean, you know, um, in that Wolves game, he destroyed yeah. Cody, whose whose who's star yeah. is in the ascendant generally, but he destroyed him for pace. Just did him for pace. Yeah, Haller doesn't really have a kind of uh, USP, does he? No. I, I think he's, you know, there isn't a single defining attribute that you think sort of that costs 45 million quid, but that's like gold dust. You know, um, Arnautovic had guile. You know, Arnautovic was a, uh, a naturally gifted footballer with a very good footballing brain and a kind of notion of how to make life difficult for defenders. Yeah. You know, outrageous. Yeah, um, and you know, you know, other players have their sort of their, their particular skill set as well. Was was Alaire? If you know, I mean, he has been better the last few games, but it feels like he's he's had to be told or ordered <laughs> to, to just run around more, just yeah. run around more, put himself about more be physical, try and take people on, try and go shoulder to shoulder and come up with the ball. That's what Antonio does instinctively, you know. Antonio will, you and know, come whispered up. In his ear. Yeah. Antonio will approach a large central defender going, I reckon through just pace and luck, if I run with the ball at this guy, I might come up with it. And quite often he does, you know. And Haller doesn't have those instincts, you know. 
But, um, you know, he has... The performances have been getting better. You know, hopefully that... Uh, the game at the weekend won't have knocked his uh, confidence too much. So yes, Leeds on Friday. You know, things are sort of things were going for them at the beginning of the season, but they're starting to you know realise they're in a fight now, aren't they? they? You know, they're not. It's not coming as easily as it was for them in the first few games. Um, so you know, uh, well, they looked very good. I mean, against Arsenal. What was that? Mm, nil, nil, or yeah. they, they drew it. They played Arsenal off the park. I can't think who they played next, but they were. I thought they were brilliant. Um, and then they did they lose to Chelsea or they drew? No, they lost. No, to they Chelsea. lost to Chelsea. They lost to Chelsea. Um, it's got, we're going to have to be at our very best. I think they look a good outfit. I mean, yeah. they were very good when they first came against Liverpool as well, weren't they? Fantastic. Yeah. 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 Well, they, they they they're high tempo and they but they they're, they're very open. You 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 can you know you <clears throat> I fancy us to score against them. I think the, I think it could be a high scoring, entertaining affair actually. Yeah, and we are good on set pieces, and they conceded to a poor set piece. I think at the weekend, right. some of which was completely unmarked. I think yeah. if I'm right in saying that. No, I will treat it as a traditional away game, which means I go to the upstairs telly. The bedroom, <laughs> uh, you know, it's my away day ritual. I imagine I'm at a station. I sit there for about you know two or three hours, then I'll switch the telly on upstairs. And, uh, Do you get stuck in a traffic jam on the stairs? <laughs> halfway up the stairs. If there's, if there's leaves on the line on right. that on that landing, then then we could be in a bit of trouble. Yeah, but, is there no, a home? home Home games, I'm in my normal seat in the TV room. Right. But right. Away, Leicester away, for example, naturally, mm. you know, the upstairs bedroom. So, you know, right. it's got to be done. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, that's a good approach. Jim, you'll go, out to your, uh, you'll go out to your shed in the garden. I will. Yeah. 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 Very good. I think I'm just going to, you know, stay here, stay where I, stay where I am, probably. Um, yeah. Yes, it, I mean, that... that it was telling that we did we didn't convert those chances, and we do we did. Um, I agree about Bowen. I, I, you know, both he and uh, Fornells sometimes do the wrong thing, have a shot instead of square it, and sometimes the other way round, uh, don't shoot and square it instead. You know, it's sort of like their instincts for who's got the best chance of putting the goal in the net, ball in the net, are sometimes. Uh, wrong, you know. Um, but I'm loath to criticise Bowen for it because we've we've just been saying we don't have natural yeah. strikers. At no, the, Antonio's out. We've, we've said what we said about Alaire. If we've got someone that is selfish, sees the go the goal, goes for goal, we cannot dilute that. No, no, absolutely. He's got a good even shot. though sometimes I do shot. think there's better options on, but he's going to do it, and I wouldn't knock him for it. We've yeah. got no choice. I think Suchek could have a good game in this one. This might suit him, this game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> well, again, he popped up, didn't he? It was, um, he uh, he popped up for that uh, goal, you know, in, yeah, in that. well worked set-piece goal, wasn't it? Near post, Brilliant. Kind of flick on, yeah. you know, into the space, there he was, yeah. you know. It was a well-worked well goal. Worked. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, he was sort of so far post that you can sort of see why they lost him, why the defenders, um, you know, it was so far at the back post that um, um, 
you could see why they kind of um, let him go. Yeah. Um, you know, conversely, talking of Far Post, it, it looked like possibly um, Kufal should have shot rather than played it across the six-yard box. Yes, because it, why it, did it, yeah. it looked like it was difficult because of the position of the camera, but it looked like he almost had a better chance of putting it into the goalkeeper's near post. Um, yeah, I was just screaming at him, just hit it, smack yeah, it yeah. space in front of him, just, you know, you know. You because might they, a... they described it as a sort of close call for for Bowen, but actually it was he had a lot of work to do. It was he too, did, yeah, it was did. too, it was too far past yes. the post for Bowen to uh, actually get absolutely. it, and that was, yeah. I think, Kufal put it into a kind of a window of opportunity. He put it in the probably the only place he could have done, but actually I think he should have maybe shot instead because you might maybe still he get to. Maybe he was slightly caught in two mice. I mean, Perhaps from that was, position. Yeah. You probably your best bet is to go is the far post shot, isn't it? And if it comes out, you've got someone yeah. following in. Yeah, um, I think he was. I think he possibly yeah. was caught in two minds. I mean, I mean that, but I mean that that really just adds to what I was saying about you know yeah. a lot of that in those situations we do some of the decision making is poor at the moment. Yes. It has been for for several games now. Yeah, but I take comfort in the fact that he was in that position. Yeah, we switched absolutely. to a four. Absolutely. We switched to a four four two. Yeah. You've got a right back much further back. Sure. You know, that's a, it's such a flexible system for us and it's worked so well. And I, well, I, I just cannot see Moyes changing it at this point. No, no. I'm no, not sure what system Leeds play. I, I don't know enough about them. They look like they've got everyone all over the place, but. Yeah. Um, well, they've got that no, Richard Sky. Don't we? So that's something. Mm. Sorry? We know the manager sits on a bucket as he's watching the game. Right? Yes, yes. <laughs> it's important to know. Um, yeah, they might have a central pairing like Sue, because... Um, they do. They have Phillips, Phillips and um, the other guy. Who yeah. Escapes me. And they're hard-working, aren't they? Well, well, Phillips, in, Phillips in midfield, who's been, I think, looked fantastic. He looks every great. Every game I've seen him play. Except his hair. Yeah. Except his hair. They've got a few like that, haven't they? Loads. They're and I wasn't it's like keen a... on... Um, Alioski, Alioski was it? Where he went down, and he got the player sent off. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but as a, you know, their football, I think has been really good. I mean, if we come away with that, we'll get to predictions later. So let's not go there. But um, yeah, a draw. I'll be happy with a draw. So uh, Jim, well. you you didn't get a ticket from the uh, draw of um, no two thousand. I wonder what it's like with um um you know, fans back in the stadium. It's, it always seems like a kind of, you know, in a 60,000-seat stadium, it's almost worse to have 2,000 than, you know, just none. Um, well, at least they, they put them in one relatively concentrated area, don't they, with yeah. the social distancing rules. So, yeah, you know, it, um, yeah, it must be, it must, it probably feels weirder being there than it looked on telly because actually they're the, they're in the bit that the camera tends to sort of focus on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what you do with TV cameras. Yeah, pack them in. But it must feel weirdly cavernous. Uh, Although Tottenham had theirs behind their goal, I think. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah. I think I had a friend that was lucky enough to get come up in the ballot for that, and he said that they only had 1,200 because there was 800 corporate there yeah, at Tottenham. Right. right. So I don't well, know what that meant. There'll be a similar yeah, one I assume. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So they're only letting two thousand in the whole place. I wonder. I wonder. Yeah. I wonder if they can go in their executive boxes because presumably that's like sort of 
they should they can't go in indoors unless they're all from one huge extended family. <laughs> Phil, I don't know about you, but for me, it's conjecture only. Yeah, the world yeah. I'll never know. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely, we have our own bubbles to worry about, don't we? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yes, we were talking a little bit earlier about the kind of uh, Christmas fixture list. Is it is it very congested uh, this year over the kind of festive period? I know. Is it uh, like a normal season? It's, uh, yeah, fairly, fairly, isn't it? It's sort of two games a week kind of kind of thing for a bit. When is this season supposed to end? Because we started it late, didn't we? Because obviously yeah, the previous yeah. season went well into the summer. Is it supposed yeah. to end in May? Is are is it? Do you think it is? Is it more congested this season than the delayed European Championship next summer? So it has to stop early-ish, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. So there, so there might be a little bit of a kind of fixture congestion, perhaps as the season goes on, and they might pack more in um, to Christmas. I mean, they don't have that necessarily have that thing to worry well, about. We, we've got. We've got Brighton, Southampton and Everton in what looks about five days. 27th right. December, 29th December and 2nd of January. Other than that, it's fairly sort of um, normally spread out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's got a he's got a sort of uh, look to kind of rotate at least within the 90 minutes or, you know, on a game by game basis, hasn't he? I think so. Yeah. So how do we see? Uh, so we might possibly be on to um, predictions for the Leeds game. Mm. 1-1. You reckon 1-1? Russell's going for 1-1. He's gone first. Taking the 1-1 away from the rest yeah. of us. Yes, I have. I've gone, gone first, gone early. Yeah, sneaky. Yeah. Sneaky, yeah. sometimes going early. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'd like to brave, in, uh, but I'd like Seems to brave, out. but... Sorry. Sorry, go on, Jim. I'd like to point out that I got the right number of total goals in the Man United prediction, uh, right? Which, according to your theory earlier, Phil, means uh, I, I got it right, in fact. Um, no, the rules, it's very much like... Um, the the uh, goalposts have shifted. It's very it? much like COVID restrictions. <laughs> uh, the goalposts change every day, Jim. I'm afraid that was um, that was during phase one of uh, predictions <laughs> when the total number of goals scored better than the prediction of the actual score. Um, that was when uh, it coincided with Phil's prediction. Uh, well, that's just a coincidence. Uh, <laughs> you know, but, uh, but now, now in phase two, uh, the score must be got completely right. Well, I'm, I'm going for two all again. I think it's going to be two all. It's going to be goals. Don, what do you think? Okay, I'm going to go four three West Ham. Four three for West Ham, <laughs> which would be what the fourth four three leads have participated in this season. I think well, they have been well, there Yeah, yeah. Four three West Ham. Okay, I'm going to say um, two one to the Hammers. Two one. Two one. to that. I would like to comment on Jim's prediction of two two, because I'm ancient. I can remember going to Upton Park and it might have even been a New Year's Day or something like that. And we were playing Super Leeds and they were called Super Leeds because they'd just beaten Southampton, I think, 7-0 oh, and someone yeah. else by a similar yeah. score. And they turned up with those funny little things that they tied to the tops of their socks. That yeah, had like numbers. Scouts. Yeah. Yes, the little, they tied them, if you remember, with the little numbers yeah. folding down in their socks. Yeah. And... Um, so and the 
The era of what? White football boots. White football boots. What well, year was were... that? Yeah, I'm signed. Two was it? I'm, I'm going to say about seventy-two. I think it yeah. might even be earlier than that, you know. Right. And we got a 2-2 draw, and I think we might have even been in the lead twice. And it was really, you came out thinking, well, that's a comparative, you know, we murdered them because they've just beaten everyone 6-7-0, three games running. And uh, it was one of those, we can't have them anymore, where you just couldn't see... You miss yeah. most of the game. All you could see were heads around you. Everyone was <laughs> crammed in so tightly. Um, but 2-2, two, two, obviously that was home to Leeds. It just makes me think of that from a long, long time ago. Uh, uh, I remember getting beaten by them 5-1 and we had three players sent off. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. It was um, One really early, one about after about five Is that Ian Wright? Ian Wright. Ian Wright. Allegedly smashed up the refs. Smashed the refs' room up. Yeah. Then it was Shaka got sent off. I think. Yeah. And then right near the end, I think it might have been Trevor Sinclair. Oh right. Because we were sort of going, you know, because if it's mass, surprisingly, because you'd you'd have you'd have put money on him. Yeah. 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 But we were sort of half hoping to go for you know people were sort of like it's sort of before you could. sort of look things up on Wikipedia, but there was that people were half uh, invoking that sort of law that if you went down to seven, the game was called off. <laughs> so we were like, like shooting the moon in, um, in like card games that you know, we should try and get like loads of players sent off and then the game would be called off. I remember possibly the most tedious game of football I've ever watched was a home game against Leeds before they introduced that back pass rule. Uh, I think they went 1-0 up. I think it might have been Vinnie Jones scored for them. And then they spent the... Yeah, around about that time. And they spent the rest of the time, their centre-backs is forming a triangle with the goalkeeper just passing it to each other for for most of the game, as I remember it. It was absolutely dreadful. Yeah, because the pass-back rule was about 92, wasn't it, that came in? First season of the Premier League, wasn't it? Something like that. Was it? Oh, yeah. Because yes. we got a goal through it um, I think, I think when it Burrows came into the team against Man City. Because I, I I saw um, Barcelona play Real Zaragoza at the at the Neu Camp and they just bought oh, that really? rule in. Oh. They just oh. bought that rule in, and um, the goalkeeper picked up a back pass and the referee gave a free kick inside the penalty area. And the Barcelona fans just clearly most of them didn't know about this new rule, and uh, the the referee had to be escorted off the field <laughs> under riot shields, like a massive armadillo of riot shields. <laughs> and that's just at half time. And then he had to be escorted back onto the pitch under the shields again. The Barcelona fans lost their shit. Um, and, and, you know, and they were sort of, you could see people just going, well, if it's a free kick inside the penalty, that's a penalty. It must be a penalty. Why is it, you know, just like, they were so confused by it. And it was like it was like a this free kick taken from you know seven yards from the goal, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was um, extraordinary. Well, I, I'd like to speak on behalf of the Sabutio playing fraternity, even though I've not played it for twenty five years or more. But I still have that unofficial position. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels somehow it feels very very right that we are again there's West Ham against Leeds being played again. So I would have. <laughs> Set those players out on that little 
pitch. It's a it's an old traditional game, and yes, we yeah. haven't had it for a long while. Yeah. Nice words. Yes. Yeah, well, well, a white kit versus a claret and blue kit. There's no confusing those two kits, even on a black and white television. <laughs> that's that's all gone, hasn't it? Like football teams away kits being different from the regular kits for, because of television clashes yeah. in black and white. My wife asked now. me this the other day. Yeah. She, you know, I, I called her in. I said, well, come on, come on, look at this kit. Uh, it says, look at Man United. And she said, well, why are they playing in that? And I said, because the red would clash. And she said, no, it wouldn't. Why can't they play in red against our claret and blue? No one is going to be confused by those two. Now, I I don't know if you're falsely colorblind, maybe someone out there will tell me they would be. But goodness me, that zebra thing. It's a, oh God, extraordinary, wouldn't it? Somehow, I think think it's great if you win. You've got to win and win well to carry a kit like that. Yeah. Otherwise, you just look plonkers. Women's... <laughs> what does it look like, Don? Sorry, thermals. Yeah, it's very strange oh, kit. It's like sort of um, felt like the singer of Tapau would be wearing something with those kind of <laughs> like you know sort of zebra stripes on it. So it's like an eighties group. Yeah, it was stupid. I hated Somebody it. Somebody pointed out it looks like the um the cat the weird breakup camouflage that they painted World War One ships for the Battle of Jutland in. <laughs> Yeah, that is a specialist. Wow. Yeah. Well, you, they didn't cut. They didn't get that in a Subutio little box. You won't get that on any other ago. podcast, guys. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Not ones, anyway. <laughs> Well, it's probably about time to uh, bring this to an end. Uh, so um, uh, we've had our predictions for the Leeds game. All of us are predicting a kind of triumphant, uh, triumphant score. Well, there was a draw from Jim, but uh, and, um, and, and, and Russell. Oh, two two draws, two no defeats, no defeats, no defeats. Well, we're, we're trying glasses. to carry on the mood of positivity that is beginning to suffuse the season. I yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's good. That's good. Uh, so uh, this has been Stop Hammer Time. My name is Phil Whelans. With me this week have been Jim Grant. Cheerio. Russell Raphael. Goodbye. And Don Barretta. Glad to be back. See you soon. Come on, you irons. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at westhampodcast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.